So I really like these two passages together because I think they perfectly juxtapose the types of peace that the Prince of Peace brings. First, we have this proclamation from Isaiah that the people who have walked in darkness have now seen a great light and that the birth of baby Jesus will increase joy, prosperity, and peace for the kingdom of God's people. In our second passage, Matthew 21, Jesus enters Jerusalem, and he's the picture-perfect Prince of Peace. In verse 14, in these 14 verses alone, we see plenty of movement away from what we think peace looks like, and then back to, around to the typical peace. He walks into the temple, and in what seems like an about turn from shalom to chaos, he begins flipping tables and running out the money changers and the dove sellers. And then he settles back into his Prince of Peace persona, and he heals all the people who came to him for healing and restoration. It's really easy to read the news and then read, uh, watch the news and then read Isaiah and then feel like Jesus is not the embodiment of Prince or peace. Because how can an all-powerful, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace allow so many horrible things to happen? How can the prince of peace allow things like homelessness, global warming, apartheid, and genocide to happen under his watch? I think that we find the answer, at least partially, in John 14, verse 27, where it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. So physical safety and political harmony don't necessarily reflect the kind of peace that Jesus is talking about. Instead, Isaiah confirms this prophecy that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and that with his birth, death, and resurrection come an eternal peace. This eternal peace provides for us a relationship the Holy Spirit that weaves itself through our lives and manifests itself in ways that we cannot possibly imagine. The, this relationship with Jesus, the Prince of Peace, fills our lives with love, joy, and peace, and are results of the Holy Spirit working in the life of a disciple of Jesus. And this peace is deeper than shalom or Aaron, which is a Greek word for unity and accord. Paul used the word Aaron to describe the purpose of the new church. But the deeper, more applicable meaning of peace in our context today would be the spiritual, spiritual harmony realized by an individual's restoration with God. But where peace as our restoration and harmony in relationship with God breaks down is when we use peace as an excuse for neglecting justice-oriented matters and instead confining our faith to the spiritual realm. For example, when we say that the good news only refers to what happens after we die, we're shirking our responsibilities as participants and members of the kingdom of God. The good news is for people here and now and not far off at the end of their lives. When peace becomes a superficial thing, it isn't helping us live out our values as fighters for justice because we know that faith without works is dead. We were created to desire and fight for justice, and we were made like our creator to enjoy breaking corrupt rules, and we should enjoy, nay, we should revel in breaking corrupt rules and rebelling against oppression. When we do this, we engage in holy mischief. Now, you might be asking, what in the heck is holy mischief? 
Holy mischief is an act of resistance in which we proclaim a different message outside of the official channels of power. The American political activist Angela Davis has an example of what I think can be described as holy mischief. As a child, they would play this game where they would run up to this house on the white side of segregated Birmingham, ring the doorbell, and run away before they got caught. Without context, this might just sound like blatant, regular old mischief. However, as a black child, she found joy in ringing the doorbell and running away because racism and segregation forbade her to even stand on the doorstep. She was breaking a rule. However, it was a corrupt rule forged in hate. Maybe this is where the saying, rules are made to be broken, comes from. So why do we think that staying quiet and doing anything except going with the status quo is bad and is going to land us on Jesus's bad or God's bad side? Probably because authoritarian theology condemns rebellion against God and refers to it as straight up sin. If you keep referring to something as sin, people are probably going to begin thinking that it actually is sin. If you don't let them explore for themselves, they're going to keep thinking that that's sin. Soon enough, all rebellion is sin. Rebelling against God is very bad. But rebellion against laws and rulers who are corrupt is not sin. And I truly believe that holy mischief is part of the image of God and therefore not sinful. Further, it is a part of who we are called to be as followers of Jesus, whose example we can see in the Matthew passage from today. Not only did Jesus engage in holy mischief, which came naturally to him as the Son of God, but also the followers of Jesus engaged in holy mischief. They lined the streets of Jerusalem to shout and sing over the objections of the religious leaders. And that is the joy in holy mischief. Holy mischief is when even the rocks have to cry out if the people are silent. We're drawn to holy mischief, and it's in our blood and deep in our psyche as Christ followers. And it's likely that which has drawn us as Wellspring Worship Center to toe the line, to cross the line, and to demand justice, accountability, and equality. It's participation with Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, that will lead us into becoming participants in holy mischief. And we can't get out of it. There's no way around it. And if you're triggered by the word mischief, don't worry. Holy mischief is not asking us to be violent. Instead, a holy mischief asks us to get into Jesus' headspace and think about how we can help bring about peace through our actions, our words, and what and who we support. Holy mischief does not discount peace. Instead, it elevates peace to a place that is above complacency and feel-good platitudes. Holy mischief is necessary in the face of injustice. Accepting the status quo when the status quo leaves people hungry, unhoused, vulnerable, and hurt is not peace. It is perpetuating the values of a world in complete opposition to the one Jesus came to show us. Any law or edict that leaves people hungry, unhoused, vulnerable, or hurt is unjust. Peace that asks us to sit down and be quiet is not peace. 
that is passivity. Instead, holy mischief asks us to be creative and to affect change without violence. There's a reason that Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me and not take up your sword and follow me. So for us, what does holy mischief look like? We need only look at what Jesus stood for to know what we need to fight for. Jesus took the vulnerable, the children, hurt, hungry, and disenfranchised people into his embrace. He provided food, healing, and companionship, then sent them on their way to further the good news. And I'm quite sure that Jesus would have championed social housing if, take, if social housing or lack of housing was an issue when Jesus walked the earth. So who are our most vulnerable? The last month at Wellspring has heartbreakingly proven that the most vulnerable at Wellspring are our children and our young people. In addition to that, we need only look around to who our neighbors are in Willowdale. Willowdale has a large population of homeless and vulnerably housed people, as well as a large immigrant and refugee population. People choose Willowdale for its accessibility to downtown Toronto and suburban-feeling neighborhoods, but that also means that Willowdale is currently housing lots of people that we do not have the city services for, like affordable housing and food, schools, roads, public transit, and health care. There's a lot of poverty in Willowdale that we do not see past the expensive houses and the expensive cars. Our neighborhood is only going to grow as Wellspring welcomes new neighbors. So as Wellspring welcomes new newcomers to Canada, as more families move into the neighborhood and need schools, childcare, and food, as the long-term effects of COVID-19 and a very broken healthcare system become painfully obvious, and as more homeless and vulnerably housed people move into our neighborhood, what can we do to make them feel supported and welcomed? We need to ask, what policies and laws are impeding their wellness, their welfare, and safety? We need to challenge city policies on social housing, education, healthcare, social support, and welfare for the city's most vulnerable. Let's be creative in all the ways we can be rebels and holy mischief makers in the name of peace and restoration. There are so many holy mischief makers out there. I just want to share two stories with you just to get your creative juices flowing. A friend of mine named Beth is a pastor and she lives in British Columbia. Last November, she was arrested in Surrey for blocking work at the Trans Mountain Expansion site. She was responding to the requests of environmental groups and indigenous nations that have been calling for the expansion to stop. And her charges were breach of injunction and for mischief, which she argues is actually just holy mischief. Some others of you have maybe heard of this other man that I'm going to speak about now. His name is Khalil Sievright. And he started building tiny shelters in Toronto to serve the homeless as an alternative to tents and shelters during Toronto's winters. These tiny shelters were insulated to minus 15 degrees Celsius and had carbon monoxide and, and smoke alarms. To the, to the people who Khalil built these homes for, he was giving them a sanctuary and an oasis away from city shelters which can promote disease and danger to the most vulnerable people. For the people who live in them, the, these tiny shelters were a godsend room of their own. It also showed just how hard the city has failed in providing housing and social nets for the most vulnerable Torontonians for the past few decades. 
So the city of Toronto served Khalil with an injunction and ordered him to stop putting the tiny shelters on city property. Today in 2022, there are over 80,000 people that are on the waiting list for housing in Toronto. And the wait time can be up to seven years for a bachelor unit and over 12 years for a unit bigger than that. Ultimately, your example for holy mischief is Jesus. Ask yourself, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Each of us has different passions that hit home and reasons for existing. Holy mischief for you might not be getting arrested. You do not have to get arrested to engage in holy mischief. For you, it just might be speaking up in a conversation and saying, that's not cool, and offering and more just and equitable way of approaching a situation. It might be partnering with a local politician or an organization that is working to better the community with justice and equity. It might be sneakily planting vegetable gardens in a city plot of land and then tending those vegetables and giving them away. It might be speaking up when support is needed for a particularly contentious issue like social housing or safe injection sites in the neighborhood. Your motivation is not to wreak havoc and chaos. Your motivation is to partner with the Prince of Peace in bringing about his kingdom here on earth. The Prince of Peace continues to bring about the kingdom of here on earth. Our goal is to further the kingdom with justice, equity, and love. True peace is lacking in our systems, our community, and our world, but holy mischief brings true peace. Peace is hard to act out in everyday life. It's really hard, especially when you see things that are happening or things that are not happening. But I would rather serve the Prince of Peace than the King of Chaos. And Jesus remains the Prince of Peace in his kingdom here on earth. Sometimes the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace can be this high up in the sky, airy fairy God that we struggle to really get to know and to see in the world around us. Instead, Let's look towards the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace that ate with tax collectors, sat with children and women, healed invalids, restored the disenfranchised, and flipped tables to show us how to live out kingdom living to the fullest. Let's pray. God, get our creative juices flowing and make our hearts burn with passion for a more just, equitable, and love-filled Willowdale and Toronto. Help us to swallow our pride, our shyness, our apathy, and our embarrassment while looking for ways to engage in holy mischief to further your kingdom here on earth. Help us remember that every day we are participants in your kingdom and that holy mischief is in our blood. It is part of being members of your kingdom here on earth. Give us opportunities to do holy mischief and to invite others into engaging it alongside us. God, with us. Amen.